Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! I guess the big story running through the night was that Bliss won the Money in the Bank women's match and then she cashed it in in the Ronda Rousey Nia Jax Raw Women's title match to win the championship belt. I personally didn't like her winning the ladder match and I was of the opinion ah, I could have seen would have preferred someone else to to win it but by the end of that title match I thought you know what it was all for the greater good I think that played out very well and it was a very smart finish that made sense not just to protect Ronda but within the larger story and ongoing feud as patchy logic-wise as it has been between Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. What did you think, Luke? Well, yeah, I was surprised when Alexa won, I'll be honest with you. I think everyone kind of assumed that, that Natty was winning. Essentially, what happened was what a lot of people assumed was going to happen was that whoever won the women's Money in the Bank ladder match was going to cash in after or during the Ronda match and therefore win the title. And everyone just assumed it was going to be Natalia. But it wasn't, in fact. It was Alexa Bliss. And I'll be honest, when it wasn't Bliss, I went, eh... Because like I'm, I, she's just been in the title picture. I could have, I could have gone with a few months without her being in the title picture to make us want to see her back into it. Give someone else, you know, get a fresh face in there. But no, we're now just sort of prolonging the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax feud, which hasn't really been great. Mm. And we're just, we're just going back to that well again. It's like that feud finished, but now we're just going to do it again. It's like it, which just feels like pretty lazy, and a bit rubbish, and a bit uninspiring to say the least. All the things I just said, you're now making me feel the opposite. <laughs> because you are right. So Bliss has been Raw Women's Champion from last, like, April, really, someone through, po- to, yeah. through to February this year. Someone, she didn't lose it, did she, no, in some, that time? Someone pointed out to me on Twitter that in, like, the last 600 days or something, Alexa Bliss has been champion for, like, four or 500 of those. Mm. Like, she has been champion pretty much ever since she's been on the main roster. She's there's the a, Brock Lesnar of the women's she, division. There's only a very... There's only been small periods of time where Alexa Bliss has not been champion. Mm. And Nia wins it off her at WrestleMania in the end, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. And then... Yeah, a month and a half, two pay-per-view cycles later, she's back at the top of the division. When, yeah, really, it's probably time for something else. But I, you see, 
I liked it because it protected Ronda. I was approaching it from that yes, view. That's and true. Ronda looked great in the match. Yeah. Her selling was incredible. And this was a way to protect her. Well, you pointed out, I just thought it, it was a draw because she kind of attacked both people, but you said it's it was, uh... Yeah, um, Michael Cole specifically said on commentary, that's a DQ mm. because she hit Ronda with the briefcase, DQing the match, um, which means that Ronda won. She was declared the winner, I guess. Undefeated then. Undefeated still, yes. Um, and then she uh, beat down Ronda a bit more, beat up Ronda, uh, beat up Nia Jax with the briefcase, which looked really the weak. What? The briefcase. I do The briefcase. Which looked really weak as well because she was swinging it with the handle. Whereas, like, it would have been better if you just grab it there and hit Because when you do that, it kind of has to, like, it has to swing twice. You have to swing with the arm, and then the case has to swing. That's an extra whip. It's the torque <laughs> that did, you get on the handle. But it looked rubbish. And, um, but, like, it really did protect Ronda. And actually, the one thing I will say that I think is a positive is that although it is just doing Alexa Naya again, which means we might get more of the bullying stuff again, we are, at least you have that Ronda situation pushed into it a little bit becomes and becomes a three-way feud as yes. well which coachman pointed out in commentary he said that alexa bliss just made the biggest error ever because not only has she got nia Jax after her she's also got ronda rousey coming after her as well so and a better commentator would then point out or oh, maybe they cancel each other out though just a, a little word how bad was coachman on commentary coachman had one of my favorite calls ever like uh, it was a remarkable bit of commentary during the ronda rousey match which is when Nia Jax had her in a bear hug and co- coach went, this is brilliant for Ronda. She's got time to recover. And I was like, what are you talking about? Although it was really funny, but because of the timing of the argument, coach kept saying, let me finish, let me finish. Ronda is finding out where she is in the ring. She can gather herself. And as soon as he finished saying that, Ronda punched her way out of it. He was like, see, told you. And then Corey say, why are you employed? He did say, it's the dumbest bit of commentary I've ever heard. And then mm. asked why. And he, he asked um, Saxton, why is he employed? Oh, right. Okay. The uh, So back, back to Bliss. It is going back to that same well. And so you, you didn't like it for that. I, I did. I like it because it protects Ronda. But I think there is a way in the middle here. Because if Natalia won, we would have all been like, I know where this is going. The great thing about Bliss winning the Women's Money in the Bank match was that I didn't, I, you know, I just sort of switched that bit off in my mind. I thought, well, the, Ronda's probably winning clean then. And so when Bliss turned up, I was quite shocked and I thought this is a really good finish. But this this could have been used for someone else. This would have been perfect, in my opinion, for Sasha Banks mm. to turn a bit more heelish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and maybe actually do something with that Bailey feud that I think is still what? going on. But uh, yeah, and so I think doing it with someone else might have been better. But when uh, when Bliss won, I did things like okay, so she's cashing in later. Oh really? Then. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that. You see, because and so it's actually something that you had said on the prediction show, mm. which is um, when you said because you were adamant as as was I that Natty was winning and then cashing in, and you said, however, if the women's match does go first or the the championship match goes first, then my whole prediction goes to pot. And when the ladder match did come before the championship match, I was like, oh, she's definitely cashing in then. Early-ish on as well. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of the women's ladder match overall? Because was, Alexa yeah. Bliss was not in it no. for three quarters of the match. And I get that because you don't want to give her too many ladder spots in case she gets injured. And then you can't have her do this really big, important bit later on in the night. But I don't like it when people do that because... These are such dangerous matches and people are throwing themselves around. And there were a few, like, 
pretty hardcore bumps that the women took here. And I just, I, it always makes, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth when someone just comes in at the end. And, and it's not from, oh, I've been worked, you dastardly heel. It's from, I just don't think it's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I certainly don't come in from, from that point of view, mm. but I thought it was good. It was sloppy in places and very, we have rehearsed this. Now we need to go into this spot yes. here. We've done that bit. Now let's work our way to this bit here. So it did feel very staged and very choreographed. And a lot of times people look around like waiting for the other person to get into their spot. Like Bliss was very late on her final spot, which yes. was running around to stop Becky. Becky essentially had it unhooked and then went, duh, looking around, waiting for Alexa Bliss to come and stop her. And there, was, there were a few moments like that throughout the match. But overall, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. See, that was my problem. I, I just gave it a three star overall. Maybe I'll get a bit of heat for that because it seems like a lot of people enjoyed it. But I was... I it was good. I was watching this and, you know, it, was, it wasn't a good show uh, up until this point. Oh, okay. I was going like, to say. The, the, it, was, it, was, it was hard going, those first 90 minutes. Off the yeah. back of Chicago the previous night, off the back of one of the greatest runs of three matches to end a card the previous weekend at the New Japan show. I just I, this was not what I needed at this stage in the night for a load of people to walk around not clumsily because it was it was fine but it was chore- it was very evident to me that it was choreographed That's and it, that yeah. misses that that fierceness Be- and I was because when I was watching the men's match I'd already written that sort of opinion on the on the women's bit. When I was watching the men's match, I was like, what is different here? Because they're also not really fighting. Why are they why is this match so much more investing for me than the women's match was? It's not just because I'm a rampant misogynist, surely. No, I think and this this is based on a lot of um you know, this is what people have said about the women's division within WWE. So I don't know if this is true, but based on what some people have said the women are kind of forced to rehearse all of their matches to the letter. Like, if it's a big pay-per-view match, they just have to rehearse. And apparently the NXT lot do as well. Like, that's their thing, is that you... People are like, why are NXT matches so good? Like, because they just rehearse them over and over and over again. And so they get it perfect when they do it on pay-per-view. Even the men's matches. Apparently so. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's what Brian Alvarez has said. I don't know if that's 100% the case. That's just what he has said. I'm basing that on this conjecture. I don't know if it's true. But... The women's Royal Rumble was we do we know was like one hundred percent choreographed. They ran through the match several times before they actually did it on the main show, and I think they probably did the same thing with this ladder match. But with the men's stuff, they don't they're not told to rehearse the matches. They're just told to come up with some spots. They talk about with the agent and say we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. But when you rehearse something and you just get it into your routine, like I, I mean I've done stage play. You know I used to be a, I used to tread the boards as an actor. And so you are like always thinking about what's my next line? What's my next line? And I think as a wrestler, you're like, what's my next spot? What's my next spot? And so you just, it feels then more rehearsed and clumsy. And there's no room for improvisation. No, exactly. Like when, uh, when Becky Lynch was up there, yeah. she, she looked awkward. Yeah. And there were a few other bits, like you said. Uh, so that, from what I've read, uh, Dave Meltzer said that was the case. All the women were pulled from uh, the weekend dates because they were just going over this spot by spot. Yeah. As as was the Nia Jax won the Rousey match. Yes, but the, that match was awesome. 
Yeah, but it's just that's two people. Yeah, yeah. Good you know, point. It, it, there are there is there are eight <coughs> women in this match, and what I will say actually, in a, looking at the positive side of things, I enjoyed this than the previous two uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder matches. I, th- I thought it was better than the one they did last year, and when they redid it again on SmackDown, it was uh, the best women's Money money-in-the-bank in the Bank ladder match so far. Yeah, and that that I really in did enjoy. history in history it was historic. <laughs> Uh, did, did you have any particular spots you liked? I really liked the Naomi Ember Moon stuff. Yeah, that was the best stuff of the match yeah. for me. I really, I thought Ember Moon was great. I thought Naomi was really, really great as well. To both for me though, the nicest thing about this match was that Michael Cole wasn't doing commentary on it, which means mm. we got to have Sasha Banks's entrance without it's boss time, and it was just, it was so pleasant. It was so nice. I really liked Lana hooking in the accolade. I thought yeah, that, that was a nice Lana part. Crush. That yeah. was really great. It was really sweet. Especially as well because she has dropped her accent, but it's still introduced as the ravishing Russian mm. Lana, and her T-shirt has got the Russian flag on it. Also, um, it was really nice to see that after all those weeks of build, the injured knee for Natalia didn't play into the match at all. Just excellent storytelling. Yeah. Maybe it was a last-minute change. I reckon. It, I think it was. It's one of those things where WWE's like, well, everyone's expecting it to be Natalia, so we'll just do the switch mm. and, and we'll change it there because then it's it's swerve. It's no one expected it. But to Bliss's second appearance in the night, I I really really liked Nia Jax run the Rousey. I thought yeah. the it it it's not nowhere near as good as, but I it had a similar feeling to me as Goldberg Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania last year mm. and that it was just big move big move it didn't really there was no like bit where the the heel was just doing the boring rest holds it's about the gender Roman match and freaking Elias <laughs> Rollins and every men's singles match for the first half of the card yeah good lord to like have what fine have one of those have two of those at a stretch have three in a row oh yeah. and that was the Seth Rollins we'll get to that uh, but I thought Nia Jax looked really good. Yep. Because, I mean, because Rousey was making her look so good. This is the best Nia Jax has looked on the main roster. Like, just one, it was the best she's looked on the main roster. She looked awesome in this match. And I've been quite down on Nia as of late. I've just been like, nothing. Big, and, and, and that's, I'm not putting that on her. I think it's because WWE haven't put her in really anything worthwhile because she's been putting those awful backstage segments with with natalia she's my friend too and all that sort of guff, and all that guff you know so it's it's not no you know certainly nothing on her it's just the writing's been poor but she looked great in this match she felt like the dominating presence that she really should feel like in all of her matches mm. and ronda's selling of it was absolutely awesome and then when ronda fired up at the end i was like i had this massive smile on my face i was like this is awesome yeah it's so great on the Wrestling Observer review of Money in the Bank, which I've, I haven't listened to yet, Dave Meltzer actually says that the way she the way she treats wrestling as a, a sort of real thing, like she's a she's a legit tough person who is going into this as if she's having a fight, but she's just not hurting her opponent. He compared it to Ishii and Shibata. Wow, that's some, <laughs> that's some high praise there. I know. Bloody but just hell. The, just the way I was fascinated by Ronda's limbs. Like all four of her limbs appeared not to be connected by the proper ball and socket joint. They were just <laughs> flopping around like like her was, angles wrists. Or like uh those vector things. You know when you you program stuff on graphics engines, right. and, you got like, and then you just make someone a stick oh, man like ra- fall like down. Ragdolling, and yeah, yeah, ragdolling. That's what her arms look like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but yeah, the fire up bit and all her strikes looked cool. The submissions 
a, a just really fun to watch. You know what a great spot of hers was? And I, I loved this because it was just a, it was an amazing selling of it. It was her going up to the top rope. That she was just, she looked at Nia, she was outside on the apron. She looked at Nia Jax, she was like, I've got to do something big here. And then she looked at the turnbuckle and be like, I might have to climb this turnbuckle. And it was like, you could see this sort of internal logic playing in her head. It's like, if I do that, I go up and then I jump. That could help. And and she did it and she just sold it brilliantly. Like Michael Cole was like, we've never seen her do this. She's never been up to the top rope. It was just like, it, everything just worked really, really well. And she hit an incredible big running knee in this. Like the mm. sound echoing around the arena. She was really, really great. And we haven't even touched on the judo throws, <laughs> which must be easy to do because Nia Jax just hops it's, up. It's helping But you, it yeah. looked re- like I was buying into how difficult that looked. When she did like the big spinning rock bottom, yeah. like, it was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, really impressive stuff from Rousey. And I think, I think we're going to have to eat some more humble pie because we were saying how worried we were about this singles match and, oh, God, it better oh, go a minute. I certainly was if you weren't. So... I'm going to enjoy my humble pie. I will have a humble t- pie is delicious. It is delicious. I yeah. will. I will take a certain bit of it because I don't think I was like particularly like. Oh my god, it's going to be. It's going to be brilliant. But the uh, on the, the the cash in final thing, I suppose we'll say mm. before we dive into the final review. Um, Michael Cole called it one of the greatest cash ins ever. Um, it, it wasn't. Well, everything has to be the greatest something with Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bliss. Yeah. She runs in and she wins the the belt. Yeah. So you've got Ronda as a challenger. You've got Jax, and that's about it, really. A three-person feud at the top of the Raw card. Mm. Eh, I don't know. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we get on with the whole thing, I'm sure you're all eager to know the jacket survives. It's fine. By one point. I did. I nearly swore then. That's how bad I did. I did terrible on predictions. Terrible! You also did terrible on counting up. Because when Luke walks into the studio, he goes, Oh, looks like a draw. What are we going to do? Are we both going to do the punishment? What happens to your jacket? We recalculated that you lost. I lost lost by one point. I mean, I'll be honest. My wife saved me from like complete embarrassment i was talking to her this morning because like i but like she did very well on on predictions you know she did far better than i did but i think all of that brain power all of that like premonition work has given her a migraine because she's worked she's at home today bless her she got on the tube then same as like i've got to come home she's come home she's not very well but i was talking to her after i'd finished the show and i was like man like you totally saved me in that and i guess that if you just don't think about things logically Sometimes you just get to win things. But she was, wasn't she? She she had actual reasons why certain people should win stuff. Well, the Braun's Because she kind of listens to the show. Uh, well, to clarify on that, she is an after-swafter. She doesn't actually listen to the ah. show. But the title of one of our previous podcasts was, Is WWE Booking Braun Strowman Too Strong? And so she took that and just applied it to the uh, prediction. Well, my lady partner just picked people on how they looked and how their hair was or if she's familiar with their entrance music she also got six out of ten yeah (laughs) so both lady partners got six out of ten we we are technically professional wrestling analysts yeah i guess because it's our job we are professional in that sense certainly wouldn't call us journalists and we got four out of ten three out of ten terrible on this i was in a foul mood when I woke up this morning mm. a foul mood it's half past five anyway so that's never the greatest thing and I didn't have a particularly great night's sleep and then after the first match I was like F this show F this show up the wazoo and then the following match just uh, pissed me off as well I was in a foul mood for the majority of this show thank god the final three matches really picked me up well let's get to those we'll quickly touch on the Bludgeon Brothers beating Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson shocker on the pre-show and they weren't given time as predicted yeah it went like you know six seven minutes and uh, a big chunk of that in the middle was a money in the bank promo well man you've got to you've got to use that hour wisely you've got to try and hook those people in by not showing them wrestling Uh, 50 minutes of Rene Young showing video packages oh can we have some wrestling now sure write it right after this video package although Booker T um, said CM Punk's name Mm. yeah Booker T was in quite an honest mood (laughs) <laughs> he seemed a bit shooty. Uh, but there was there was one nice spot where Harper and Rowan performed a dual drop kick on Luke Gallows on the outside. Hmm. It was quite impressive. Uh, but they, it was fine for the time they were given. They couldn't do anything else with it, really. But the main card opened up with a huge pop for Daniel Bryan from the Chicago crowd. And he was taking on Big Cass, a greased up Big Cass. Very greasy Because Big when Cass. he's not wearing a suit, he's wearing oil. <laughs> Right, so cut a long story short. Um, we did get our first CM Punk chance in this match. Um, there is nothing short about Big Cass. Well, no, as his promos will tell you. But to, to cut a long story short, Daniel Bryan won this once again by making Cass tap out. And this is when I was like, my first instinct of like, F this show. 
And like, and I'm not usually this kind of guy, but F this company. Because I suddenly thought to myself, all I could think of was like, I've spent the last two months watching this feud and what has it accomplished? Daniel Bryan isn't moreover, so it's not done anything there. Big Cass is actually looks so much worse after being in this feud. It's Daniel Bryan's first feud since coming back after his long stint of injuries. And all and this is all we've had for the last two months from these two. And and I've missed two weeks of that. And even I felt like and I just thought like, how much time have has this company wasted on this feud? How and then that transpires into how much time have I wasted watching this feud? And how much of that time am I I'm never going to get back? Because WWE spent two months building up and I think it feels like it's longer than that. Building up big cast, I'm seven foot tall, a big a good big man always all this crap that he's been saying week after week after week, segment after segment, match after match, and it's led to sweet FA. Because Big Cass just tapped out again. Where do you go from here? Like, what can you do with him now? He's a complete chump. He's a complete joke. No one got over. This feud accomplished F all. Like, sweet FA got it, was out of this. It's so, so bad. It's just terrible. I agree. I agree. I, I, was, re- I was so else. angry. So no. angry. Were you? I mean, I'm hiding it very well. Are. But I, I'm sweating now. I'm so angry. I So, I like... It's totally a waste of our time. It's totally a waste of Big Cass. But what I find a most egregious is it's a waste of Daniel oh, Bryan, a man who's just come back from the retirement. He's got momentum. It's not like, like I'm still of the, I'm still got this worry in me that at any moment we're going to have Brian taken away from us <laughs> because he's injured and he can't compete anymore. And imagine if that did happen. Imagine if tomorrow, heaven forbid, that Brian fails the medical exam. Actually, there's lesions back in his brain, and you're like. We only got a big cast feud. And the Shane McMahon thing. And the Shane McMahon thing. Because that's, that's still... I'm still very grateful to have Brian back. And I'm still petrified that he's going to not be able to wrestle again anymore. Just, so just imagine. And like, if you look back on a, on a company and go, huh, remember when one of the hottest stars of the modern era came back and they put him in a program with a big guy, a mid-card feud with a big guy? Absolutely ridiculous. And, it's, and it, I, mean, I got the prediction wrong, which f- annoyed me even further. Because <laughs> essentially, it, you know, if you look at it, it was on the one point and I lost on this one match because everyone else said it was going to be uh, Daniel Bryan winning. And I just thought, like, why do I even invest in these sorts of things? Like, why do I bother? Why did I bother thinking about this being like, well, I mean, you've got to give Big Cass something because otherwise, why would you have bothered done this feud? If I'd have just thought about it in a WWE sense of just being like, well, Daniel Bryan is better, therefore he is going to win. Like, just what was the point? What was the actual point? I was furious with this. So and Cass got nothing in the match. He, he got torture racks. <laughs> he loved a torture rack. Yeah, well, so he did a torture rack and then later on the match, like, now what do I do? There was a really weird... Rack, I guess. Yeah, there was a really weird bit where... So Brian's on top for the most of it. I'd say he got about 70% of the I'd match. say like 80%, yeah. And the, like he, he was even pulling out some stuff, like a dive over the ring post to the outside. So he was... Brian was giving it a lot of effort here. Um, and Big Cass really, like... This wasn't the star-making performance <laughs> of Cass. We're no. like, you know what? That boy can wrestle. This was well not, done. This was not um, Danny Birch and Only Lorkin. No. No. But Big Cass, near the end, of, almost at the finish, he goes into the corner and he has this smirk on this face, on his face, like he's had this 
devious idea of how he's going to get Brian. And I thought, oh, okay, this is we're, we're entering the the end sequence, and he goes over to Brian, torture rack, and he'd already done a torture rack earlier on. That that what what's going on here? And then Brian countered that into a running knee and heel hook, cast taps. So not just, I mean, it's getting the heel hook over, but. Cass has got to go solidly to the mid-card now. Well, but, you, but I can't even take him seriously there either because this was a mid-card feud. So, like, what do you do with him? I mean, we could talk about this with Nakamura later on as well. But when like, I say mid-card, I mean Ty Dillinger, not, not <laughs> Jeff Hardy. I was gonna, well, Ty Dillinger is not the mid-card. Uh, he, I mean, he's not even on the show. Mm. So I suppose you could always put him there, I guess. It was just a complete waste of time. And, yeah, I mean, there really is nothing else to say on this. It's just, like, the last two months have been a complete waste of everyone's time. Next up, we had the New Day backstage. And I thought, oh, I forgot they haven't even announced who's going to be in it yet. Who's going to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match. And Kevin Owens comes in with a bin liner full of pancakes and some big bottles of syrup. And this is a way to get the New Day on his side for the men's ladder match to take out Braun Strowman, which is actually what everyone should have done more so. Because exactly, yeah. In in hindsight, in the pre-show as well, Samoa Joe was doing an interview on the pre-show panel, and Kevin Owens walks in and is like, "Dude, you've got to mm. you've got to help me out here. Like, we've all got to band together." So Owens, he's doing the best with what he's been given. Mm. Uh, it's a shame he's it's not better. But yeah, New Day still don't reveal who's in no. the match and they turn down owens's like team up suggestion and who because owens was asked like oh who's going to be the which one of you is going to go into money in the bank because he revealed that he doesn't like breakfast he said that he goes toast is fine but i, I don't really i think it's your breakfast cereal was terrible and uh, they got very upset by this biggie was wonderful in this mm. segment biggie was was really really great terribly drinking water just like or just badly drinking waters and it wasn't putting it in his mouth it's just pouring it on himself such an odd man, but he's just so, having fun. He's so funny, though. Uh, okay, what isn't fun <laughs> is, I would say, quite comfortably the worst thing on the show. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn in a match that wasn't a squash. It wasn't 30 seconds of Bobby Lashley destroying Sami Zayn, which would have, in a weird way, made Lashley look great and actually protected Sami Zayn more because he can always do the, oh, I wasn't ready excuse, uh, which Lesnar did with Goldberg two years ago. That They didn't have a long, really good match, which I'm pretty sure they'd be capable of, where mm. they both get over in just their in-ring capabilities. They had a middling five-minute match where Sami Zayn got a bit of it and then Lashley hit three delayed suplexes to no crowd reaction. As my notes literally read, Spinebuster by Lashley, Vertical Suplex by Lashley, Stalling Suplex by Lashley, Zane tries to call out the ring, Crowd acquired, Vertical Suplex, Lashley wins, a pointless match. Yeah. No one cared. No. The, 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 there was not... Well, of course there were reactions in the arena, but this was by far the quietest thing on the show. And there wasn't even any heat against Lashley and his sisters is because people don't care. People don't care about Lashley anymore. WWE, in the space of two months, have managed to make this really intimidating, awesome-looking wrestler into nothing. And the commentators were putting him over so hard throughout the match as well, being like, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. At no point did they ever say, he has a 15-2 win-loss record 
in mixed martial arts, he's a really dominant force. They were just like, his dad was a drill sergeant. He was in the army. He's got sisters. He's a family man. It's not the way to get this lad over, mm. clearly. But And it's really funny as well because a lot of people, I mean, I'm certainly going to be talking about the um, the reaction during the Roman Reigns match. And it's like, oh, will this be the turning point in WWE? I was like, no, because if anything, his match got one of the biggest reactions. Mm. And like this, this is more... This is more damaging to Bobby than a lot of people booing him because it's indifference. Yeah. Yeah, silence uh, speaks a lot louder yeah. to Vince McMahon. Uh, then we got Nia Jax prepping backstage and Ronda Rousey was prepping backstage. Uh, Rousey was doing it by some shadow boxing and Natalia just behind her. Nia Jax was talking to a referee. <laughs> I don't quite get what that was meant to convey. Going over spots, mate. Yeah. Uh, or yeah <laughs> uh, then we got Seth Rollins taking on Elias Elias came out first and he did his uh, his usual gig stuff your town and, sucks yeah your town sucks and he called the Chicago crowd scumbags to which the crowd replied with we are scumbags yeah and Elias was like you know what you're not getting a performance then but brilliant heel stuff yep. we were genuinely annoyed when Elias didn't give us a performance it did work when we saw particularly it particularly in a dark match when they had the baby faces stopping and everyone booed them again because all they yeah. wanted was an Elias performance uh, did you see the sign in the crowd if Rollins loses we burn it down I did not see that but very good. Was good it was also pointed out that this is the seventh different person that Seth has defended against since winning the Intercontinental Championship so I've written here that three more and he can tie Brock Lesnar mm, yeah uh, this was I was looking forward to this match but I've got to be honest, it was, it, it, for, for Seth Rollins, it was below average. And I don't know how much, I, it was, I guess that's more down to Elias. Yeah, it's like, it was a very typical sort of singles match in WWE. The heel works over the baby face, lots of chin locks, lots of rest spots. And then you do some big stuff at the end, like mm. Seth did a dive. Um, I, it, I really enjoyed it by the end, though. I thought it really sort of started to pick up. Problem was, it's like it was almost too little too late because like Seth did a dive to the outside and Elias essentially grabbed him and he threw him into the barricade and then he tossed him all around ringside and he tossed him in the ring and he hit the elbow drop and everyone was like whoa Elias is gonna win it was so quick so quick yeah. and that was that was great like that was like it really was my big takeaway from the match apart from when um, uh, Elias went up to the top rope and Michael Cole the idiot that he is said like Elias has never done this before. We've never seen him do this. I was like, his finisher used to be a diving elbow. He's done this a lot, you dolt. Yeah. I, I, it's it's kind of the story of this pay-per-view and a lot of the matches in it, where it's actually quite boring and disappointing, but the last minute was exciting. Yeah. And if I, I think if you do say, oh, that well, didn't Rollins and Elias have a good match? Go back and watch it, <laughs> because it's actually not... It's pretty boring for the most part. Until and like it just had a good minutes. finish. Yeah. But the, I, I thought the finish itself with like the sort of roll-up sequence was a bit pants. Well, literally pants. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't understand this at all. Seth, it's a roll-up by Elias and Rollins reverses that into a roll-up of, of his own. And he clearly has a fistful of Elias's belt. Meaning he is cheating. You are not allowed to grab the tights in a roll-up situation like that. And the commentators, I don't know if that was the plan. If it is, it's idiotic. And the commentators tried to cover that with saying, oh, that's just a mark of respect from Rollins because 
it shows how deep down he's had to dig to beat Elias. Yeah. What, what cheating? Well, this, it's that comment, classic commentator thing, isn't it? Like, if a heel does that, if you're the babyface commentator, you have to be like, that is disgusting, it's disrespectful, it's this, it's that, what a cheat. But if a babyface does the same thing, you're like, hey man, whatever it takes to win. Sometimes you've just got to do these things to win. I'm really worried about this because I think that was just a mistake. I I can't comprehend why WWE would book. Do you remember the big cast Daniel Bryan thing? Yeah, I do, but there's that. But this is... They're sometimes good on finishes like this. I can't can't see the justification. To me, this is a mistake. But my worry is if they build on that mistake and make it part of Seth's character. And that's the worst thing for him because he's getting over and part of the appeal is that he is this redeeming baby face after all that time he was an authority scumbag. So to have him start blatantly cheating like that undermines everything that's come before, undermines that journey and overcoming Triple H. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried, Luke. Well, at least he's the hottest thing in the company right now. At least, and we, this could be derailed. Sorry, le- it's okay. I, I was. I don't want to interrupt. Uh, at least we got the uh, the women's money in the bank ladder match, which was like the first thing on the show that made me go like, "Oh, good, that was fun." But even then, I was like, "But even then, at the end, I was like, I'd, I'd rather Alexa hadn't won." Yeah, and I I never really bought into it as an actual fight. I was like, "Okay, spot, 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 spot." And also as well, I Alexa Glot, Alexa Glot, Alexa got one of the loudest reactions on the show uh, on, in terms of the women that came down to the ring she did get one of the biggest pops and like the commentators like I think the place has just come unglued because Alexa Bliss is here so you can't say that she wasn't over with this crowd but this crowd really wanted to see Becky Becky Lynch win they really really wanted to see Becky win as did I even though I predicted Natalia I really wanted Becky to win we got a backstage skit next with Paige and Kurt Angle in an office yeah Paige is totally fine that uh, a raw superstar one I can't believe I just said superstar wrestler and Kurt's really happy and he's he's also really happy gee willipers page <laughs> about these dual branded pay-per-views because I can ha- actually said this I can hang out with my friends AJ Styles and Samoa Joe Samoa Joe's a heel <laughs> the last time you were with him he was like staring at just laser holes in your head I can't believe you got more angry about oh, that. Oh, I don't. This is the worst thing that WWE have ever done. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> it's... the Why? Dual-branded pay-per-views. Fine. Okay. Why are WWE making it such a happy, jolly thing? Because it's the, the best music of both the world. Video, This segment. It should be... Okay. Anyway, Constable Corbin walked in. His hair is growing back at an alarming rate already. He's gonna have to like stone cold that and Mm -hmm. just like shave it every day. Uh, He walks in and uh, says that, "Hey, Steph, you don't want to upset Stephanie. We better hope that like Raw win both of the men's Money in the Bank ladder matches, which they did." That's that's another talk about. We get like SmackDown has nothing coming out of this show either. But yeah, something else to talk about. But um, Paige says like, "Hey, are you just bitter because you won Money in the Bank last year, cashed it, and failed?" And Corbin was, we'd better win. Mm. And then he parted off. Corbin, great. Paige, great. I'm going to have a little aside here. I had a dream about Paige on Saturday. Did you know? Yeah, okay. Don't worry. It wasn't sexy. I'm not going to tell that kind of story here. But Save we, that for the podcast. But we were boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of creepier. Right. It's creepy. <laughs> and you know, no, there was no funny stuff. It was just, but like we would hang out and we would chat. <laughs> and now, you know, when you have like those really vivid dreams 
and you can't whenever you see that person then you kind of feel that thing you had in the dream no so just, it's just weird for me to see Paige oh, that God. close to that dream oh dearie me uh, but anyway I, yeah I mean what, what's Nia Jack's gonna say is the question Paige great Corbin great Kurt Angle as well <laughs> good good one Paige yeah, I was gonna say thanks for thanks for having my back Kurt <laughs> is so lame right now He's been emasculated by Stephanie. He's got Baron Corbin on his ass. And now he's trying to... Oh, my friends. <laughs> I get to... Co- oh, he's so lame. It's so funny you get more angry about that than anything else. It's. I think we just taken in turns. Is that what it is? Yeah, you yeah. had your turn I've had, I've had my bit. It's been 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we can both get angry about this. But what but, will but, we get angry about? Will say. we get angry about the crowd? Or will we get angry about booking? Roman Reigns taking on Jinder Mahal. At least it wasn't the main event. Yes, I go. Can you believe that if it was? <laughs> I mean, I, personally, I think Nia Jackson Rousey should have been the main event. Mm. Great cliffhanger finish. Has the most interest going in. And it was a very good performance. Yeah. Um, As fun as the men's ladder match was, I th- I thought you could have gotten away with Rousey and Jackson. I, th- I think you really should have. Uh, but yes, Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal. Uh, the crowd just were not into this. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, Bubba Ray Dudley put up a tweet said that like back in their day if they'd have had a crowd like this him and Devon would have jumped the guardrail and beat the s out of everyone mm. but now you just have to sit there and just do rest holds i guess but like it's it's again one of these things we had the same thing with roman versus joe at backlash where it's like the crowd aren't into this match i know what will get get them into it rest holds chin locks that's what the crowd really want to see and the crowd were just chanting everything for anything else but i i do have to take a bit of umbrage with the crowds a you know it's it's quite disrespectful but that's you know by the by you're presented with something you don't want to see you're free to chant whatever you want that's the thing what i would say though is like at least chant for people who are on the roster chant for other people like chant for people you want to see on the chant for seth rollins they did rusev day they did rusev day but it was cm punk y2j uh, who else did they chant for? They were just chanting mm. for like other people. Uh, what, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, NXT. Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Wrestling. Like and, and um, Velveteen Dream. Oh, on the subject of Velveteen Dream, um, uh, the comment section yesterday was: I thought there might be about other things that we talked about in the show, but no. The the most interesting thing from yesterday's show was the Velveteen Dreams tights. Then if you saw, yeah, it's the... Prince Puma. Yeah. Did, so well, I, we found out about that two minutes after we recorded. Yes, and I've I've had I've had emails. I've had nothing but tweets and emails going like, "Oh, do you know it's, uh, it's Prince Puma's uh, type?" But what's... that's great. It's the SWAF Nation. They're there without that to, to have our. But backs. what I find very interesting is that everyone said that we were wrong, and it had nothing to do with Hulk Hogan. It was definitely Hulk. It was Hogan. definitely Hulk Hogan. He did the poses. Yeah, and he had the Hulk still rules T-shirt and bandana. Mm. And um, from what I can gather, so I've I've been doing a bit of investigation, and thankfully, an old friend of mine from the Smart Marks forum got in touch to say that what it is is that on twitter velveteen dream has changed his name to the dreamster and he has he called that match his rock versus hogan from right. wrestlemania x8 so it was all a twitter thing which is why um we didn't really pick up on any all the all the uh, the intricacies of it i had a theory that it was actually uh or may- maybe in addition to Hulk Hogan was the one who got rid of Dream on, on Tough, Tough Enough. enough. Yes, that's uh, it's sort of a combination of all those things. Although I would say to uh, to the Velveteen Dream on that, 
God, it tells you how interesting this match was. I'm actually more interested in talking about Velveteen Dream's tights. Is that if he was doing the Prince Puma thing, like, who are you trying to pop with that? Because the commentators can't bring that mm. up. You can't work that into a story. So it almost seems like a pointless thing to do. It's a to- nice bit of detail for fans who are really, really going to notice that. But uh, yeah, I would have preferred something a bit more overt. Yeah, yeah. I, I got more correspondence about that than Lucha Underground has actually had an audience. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this was a, it was a boring match. So boring. Like, it, it's not like the crowd, the crowd didn't give it a chance, but it's not like Roman Reigns and Jinder Hall were having a, anything a resembling intriguing wrestling. It was, it was just rest holds and, and now else. There was one spot in this match which I really liked. Which was when uh, Roman missed the drive-by and Jinder got back into the ring. And then Sunil Singh got out of his... Like he's in a wheelchair in the cast. He got out of it and pushed Roman into the wheelchair, into the post. And then ran back, got into his chair, but his arm and was like, Oh no, I'm still hurt. It that was great. really made me laugh. And you got Corey Graves going like, Oh, it's a miracle. It's a miracle he's fine. Do you know what's actually funnier though? What I enjoyed more. So at the end of the match, which Roman won, of course he did. <sighs> so where does this feud go from here? Uh, Reigns completely obliterates Sunil Singh by giving him a spear next to the wheelchair and then WWE completely unironically goes into a Special Olympics segment <laughs> that was my favourite bit um, it, yeah, it was an absolutely nothing match crowd chant of everything else there were beach balls um, which distracted the crowd um, I think there is certain Mexican wave Mexican wave although there was a Mexican wave but that long haired guy and his mum did not join in they were not down for the Mexican wave shenanigans they wanted to watch a Roman Reigns match what should we call that guy because I, I, he's there for every single show I was going to say I just call him long haired guy what with, his, with his mum yeah they, what does he do with, for his professional job do they have one? Maybe they're just like like they might they have to be filthy rich anyway because they're buying front row tickets and plane tickets to every single WWE event. They must be loaded. But like, it's, yeah, maybe an inheritance. Maybe he like, maybe he invented some sort of app mm-hmm. and essentially just sold that app to another company for like a billion dollars. He founded eBay. Mate, well, I mean, yeah. he seems a bit young to have founded or, eBay. Or maybe that woman isn't his mum she's his sugar mummy mm, maybe. and she's taking him round all these wrestling I was shows gonna, I was going to say chauffeur yeah so we're still not talking about that. we're doing everything we can to not talk about Reigns gender just one word on Bubba Ray uh, I hate that argument because my dad sometimes makes that argument about the good old days when the police could just rough a few people up <laughs> and now we've got to be so protective <laughs> like no <laughs> Oh, well, those are the bad days. I was say, oh, now we have to protect people. Oh, dearie me. We don't want to offend anyone's feelings. Well, that, that's annoying, sure, <laughs> but don't beat people up. <laughs> like, I doubt many people were crapping over ECW booking who were there at the show, Bubba. Like, they, 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 <laughs> and you shouldn't beat people up in real life, no um, matter what they're doing. Like, if they're assaulting you, yeah. but if they're expressing an opinion... But uh, your um, one of your favourite referees in the world, Charles Robinson, was also very upset on Twitter about it. Um, and I've never said anything about it's Rudy Charles. Charles as you Rudy love. Charles. Sorry, I got, I got confused between Charles's. Rudy Charles doesn't have a Twitter account, as far as I can find. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, he was uh, Little Nature was very upset with the Chicago crowd because he's like, you should always respect the match that's going on in the ring. And as I said to the Chicago crowd, chant whatever you want. But if you really wanted to damage Roman's reputation, mm. don't do anything. Just yeah. like there's always these people that are just like we're all going to turn our backs on the re- on the ring and really show them what we think, and no one ever does. 
Like Char- no, no, yeah. one ever, no one ever follows through on what they promise to do with Roman. They just chant and do Mexican waves as if that's going to dis- dissuade WWE from pushing Reigns. Well, there's there's an argument and a theory that that's why Reigns didn't win the belt at Mania because they didn't want a negative reaction. Yeah. So it's sometimes, I mean, it's it's all it's all it's all screwed. Like <laughs> so it's stupid. all left. Yeah, it's stupid. And Charles Robinson, how can we respect something that evidently has no respect for us as viewers? So that's I, what I would say to you. Well, absolutely, I agree because this was a nothing match. So I mean, I mean, I would have been silenced during this match because mm. like there was nothing to pop for apart from the Sunil Singh spot that came early on. That was good. That was, was good. There was nothing to pop for in this match. Like there was is just a nothing match. Oh, actually, apart from uh, Jinder's gut buster. Which came out of nowhere and was surprisingly good. Mm. Uh, so we, yeah, the women's Money in the Bank match was this kind of like shining okay light, and then we got the Roman Jinder match, and then we got Carmella versus Asuka. What is Carmella's character? Can anyone tell me what her character is? She moonwalks. She's the princess of Staten Island. She's got a. That, those are catchphrases. She's she's royal. She thinks she's better than you. Cool. But then she kind of proves that by like being unequal with everyone else because this match went like you know it was a fifty-fifty match. It's not like Asuka then dominated and showed her that she is she isn't on the same level as everyone else. Every time she's in these matches, I'm like, yeah, she is on the same level as everyone else. I think she's speaking the truth, but we're not meant to believe her. Ah, uh, no, I disagree. I disagree. I think you can you you can be a heel and say you're better than everyone else, and then be. Like be competent in the ring. Alexa Bliss does that very well, but Carmella. The storyline they've been telling with Carmella was that she she didn't deserve to win Money in the Bank, mm. and then she didn't deserve to beat Charlotte for the SmackDown Championship, and she doesn't deserve to be champion. But then she gets into these matches yeah. and just shows actually I'm on the exact same level, so I do deserve to be champion. So the storyline and character makes no sense. I totally agree with you, and that you you you're making a mistake though. You're you're thinking pre backlash Carmella is the same as post-Backlash Carmella. They're different characters. I don't think they are. Because Car- the story the stuff they're doing is... on TV is the same as what they were doing before. No, no. Carmella can, is now competent in the ring, whereas before she was undeserving. Is that the argument? That's, that, that's what I think they've done. They've just retconned it like that. Awesome. So this was a, again, just not a good match. Um, I, found it, I found it boring. And that's saying something because Asuka couldn't even carry Carmella to a, a halfway engaging bout. This I thought this was quite bad because it made no sense from any from character standpoints. It just made no sense whatsoever. Carmella kept shouting to Asuka, "I'm not scared of you," and I'm like, "Why aren't you? Like, surely you should be." Because it makes Asuka look pants. Because you got the the heel going like, "Actually, I'm not that scared of you," mm. and Asuka then <coughs> not winning because Carmella was then winning on the match. So it's like, man, yeah, you've got no right to be scared of her either. It was fifty-fifty, and. Someone said to me on Twitter earlier that, like, oh, Asuka was kept strong because of the finish, which I completely disagree with. I she thought, looked terrible, terrible in the finish. In the finish. And, but, like, it's not like Asuka had that moment where she had the match won and then the interference caused her mm. to lose. At no point did Asuka look like she was going to win this match. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, Carmella would have just won regardless. And she's now the first person to have pinned Asuka. So that, oh, really, is she? Well, Charlie made a tap out, didn't she? Oh, wow. So Asuka's first pin loss was to Carmella, which we're meant to think is a bad thing. So in singles competition? In singles competition. No, even in... Oh, so Becky was pinned in the tag. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we're meant to think that's a bad thing because Carmella is undeserving. Mm. But 
she looked competent. So I, d- I don't get it. None of it makes sense. So from the finish standpoint. you're talking about is, yeah, nothing. That it's not like there's a big finishing moment where Asuka's about to win. It's just this plodding 50-50 merfest. And then someone dressed as Asuka with an Asuka mask appears on the apron. And Asuka looks like an idiot and just stands there staring at this person. I'm like, okay, it's wrestling. That's what happens. Carmella's going to roll her up for the win. But that isn't what happened. Carmella went for her. Asuka kind of reversed it and knocked Carmella down and then went back to staring at this doppelganger. And that was that that was the step too far for me. I was like, it was stupid already. Now you have made Asuka look woeful just woefully terrible here. Yeah, it's really bad. Really like it's one of these things that it's you struggle to come back from stupid moments like this. Yeah. And that's it's it's a lot from SmackDown. Like it it's gonna be very hard to rebuild Big Cass off this terribly pointless feud with Daniel Bryan. And it's hard to kind of like rebuild Asuka because it's like, why does Asuka deserve a rematch? Mm. Because she didn't... If you'd have had a spot where she was making Carmella tap out to the Asuka lock, but the referee was distracted by this person on the ring apron, then you have an argument there. And that does make Asuka look strong because she did have the match won. But that they never had that moment. Yeah, Asuka just lost, essentially because she's an idiot. So Carmella just took advantage of her being an idiot. That's not Carmella's fault. That's not cheating. She she won essentially fair and square, and the reveal as well. I mean, we I, I felt like everyone knew about it because it was leaked beforehand. Yes, yeah, so PW Insider reported this, and like when they got on the apron, there was already a chant of of Ellsworth. But then I did laugh when people started chanting CM Punk. <laughs> that <was> really, <laughs> That's the way he comes that was really back. Good. That's what Triple H would do. Yeah, come back. We're just going to put you in this feud with Carmelo. Bring you back and bury them. That's yeah. the way to do it. But yeah, it. They take off the mask. It's James Ellsworth doing a little bit of a kind of side smile. Yeah, did like a little winky gave to her. I think if I didn't know about the Ellsworth reports, I would have actually really enjoyed Ellsworth popping up like that. But because I already had suspicions and Asuka looked so stupid being transfixed by him, like I'm like, why was Asuka so threatened by? It was just—it was all bad. It was all really, was all really bad. bad. And another point on Carmella's confusing character: she, um, she did that spot where you pin someone three times, but they keep kicking out and then throw a tantrum. Mm. Like, what is your character? <laughs> what, what are you? Well, it then, wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Finally, we get into something that was genuinely worth talking about. Yeah. So this was AJ Styles taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match, and the crowd were really into it from the get go. Even before they locked up, mm-hmm. they were going crazy and it was just I mean this was really enjoyable and it's but it does it, oh, well, <laughs> do you want to talk about something positive and then yeah, Ollie Davis know, brings the score so I, I did enjoy it I think it was over long uh, but I did really enjoy it but it's just watching this the day after Gargano Champa, who also had a big brawl around the ring match like every time Styles and Nakamura went to the ramp or went into the crowd or went round the announcers' tables, I was just like, this pales in comparison to what Champa and Gargano did, who had a real blood feud. Like, I don't. I came to realise I don't really buy into Styles and Nakamura hating each other. No, and I think that I've said in the, the preview show we did for this, and I've, I've said before that it's. 
WWE have made me not care about a feud between AJ Styles and Nakamura because this is the fourth match they've had in two months or whatever it is, or maybe it's the fifth match. And it's just like, why Why should I, why would I care now? I've seen them wrestle five times already. Well, I do care about And the finishes have all been really pants. I do care about them, and I really like, I really like Shinsuke Nakamura's character. Yep. I really like AJ's character. But not together. Well, I do like them together as well, but I just... It needs it needs something more. There's it doesn't feel like there's a real betrayal at the heart of this. But there's the low blow. It's and just, he's, I he's know. the con artist. Yeah. That the, there's been no super hot angle, really, in this whole feud. Are you trying to say that AJ's promo on the Go Home Show wasn't a super hot angle? Yeah. Or Nakamura um, counting to ten. It's just Gargano Champer is one of like you said one of the best feuds WWE have done in the last five years. So to compare Styles and Nakamura to that is unfair. Is unfair, but you say that it's Styles and Nakamura. And, yeah. Well, okay. okay. I'm going to bring some positives to this. Yes, it was a good match. I thought this match was terrific. It's easily the best encounter that these two have had in this program, and you know that you find you so you save that for the final. It's what we said at WrestleMania. If that was it was the first chapter, you shouldn't do all of your big stuff in the first chapter. You should build to the, the final crescendo. That's where you do all your big stuff. That's where you have your big blow off match. Fine. That that's grand. And I and I really, really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was a terrific, terrific last man standing match. And I'm not usually big into last man standing matches. But I thought these guys really worked well around the stipulation. And they had some legitimate like <gasps> Like getting mm. up at nine, like Nakamura getting up at nine point five, they would do like a Kinshasa get up, getting up at nine. It was there was just so many great moments of this of like them selling the the, the ten count spot, which is it's very difficult to do unless you're John Cena and Batista and you tape someone's legs around a ring post and make Batista quit the company. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I just thought they did this so so well. Yeah, the styles clash off the ring steps Oof, onto the yeah. floor. That was a great bit. The Kinshasa. Over the three tables, because it, when it's on the table, it makes it more powerful. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't see the the argument, but it looked cool. It looked cool. Uh, but again, oh, see, cynical Ollie's coming. Oh, look, here he is again. Hello, well, I I really liked the the near bits, uh, but I wish the referee didn't start counting right from the get go. Like as soon as Nakamura went down for the first time, one, two, three. I'm like, All right, mate. This isn't the end of the match. Can you we hold off count. on... It's a last man standing match. You don't have to do that oh, every time someone falls on the floor. Okay, but if someone goes for a pin at the start of the match, you still have to count. Like Even if they're going to kick out at one, you still have to go down for the count. I just think from a dra- from a dramatic perspective, you're blowing your load too early. No, I disagree because I think it's it's building up. So like someone gets up at three, then you build it up to them getting up at six, then you're building up to getting up at seven, eight. Then you do the nines and the mm. 9.5s at the end. I thought they built it really, really well on that. And at the end, they did this... The start clash off the the steps and Nakamura got to get up at like as 9.5 like he was literally about to say 10 Nakamura gets up and he does the the come on and Styles like touchdown whatever you do in, in American football field goal kick to the groin sports sports just a big old kick to the dick and it was like the biggest kick to the dick you've ever seen mm. and I did think though at one point like they did the low blow spot and AJ still isn't wearing a cup. And I was like, you utter idiot. Like, yeah. what, are you, what did you think was going to... Not only that, Styles set himself up for it. Like, he did the big old chair above the head. I was like, what were you expecting to happen, you knob? I really enjoyed that moment. I thought that, that was the best bit of the match by far. The, the big the, kick or the low blow? The, the, the stand-up and the kick 
Yes. Uh, oh, that. Yeah. I thought it was just the because best Nakamura match, was yeah. balancing on the the announcer's table, and it was like, even though he like he knew he'd already lost, really. But it was just like, still, I'm going to spit in your face because yeah. I don't like you. Come on. And then AJ wins with a phenomenal, phenomenal forearm yeah. off the top rope to the outside through the announcer's table. So good. And easily the best thing on the show this thus far. Ooh. Thus yeah. far. Um, but my real question is like, where do you go with Nakamura now? Because exactly he is now, he is 0 for 6 in championship matches. So there's no way you can take him as a legitimate championship contender anymore. So that means you kind of have to like cycle him down the mid cards. But my questionnaire is like, I don't think I can take him seriously as a threat to anyone, really, because he won once in this whole feud, which was the uh, the setup for the stipulation. And I don't know. I just don't think I could take him seriously in like a championship situation. Now, a lot of people said like put him into a um, a US title feud with Jeff Hardy, which I suppose you could do. But like considering that he's zero for six in championship matches, I just don't buy him as a threat. I disagree somewhat uh because he's only had these well i guess there was jinder last year but that's kind of a different nakamura and he's only faced aj as a heel uh it's it's not that yeah i wouldn't have done it this way but i think he could have a series with jeff hardy but he would have to win that belt relatively quickly what i would prefer is for him to have a feud against daniel bryan and then you can base that off of their two characters like a blood feud thing rather than something based around the title. You use that to kind of rehab Nakamura as a genuine threat, someone who does some really dastardly angles to take out Brian, and then Nakamura can challenge for the title again. But not while AJ has it, really. No, really couldn't do they've, that. They've wrung that well dry. Yeah I, I, yeah, I mean, maybe you could certainly do that, and I, I certainly wouldn't be against a... I mean, I definitely wouldn't be against the Nakamura-Daniel Bryan feud, yes, please. Or even a Nakamura-Jeff Hardy feud. I'd be very into that, because I really enjoyed the match they had on SmackDown. I'd like to see more of that. But this, it's just the, the consistent losing, and... I don't know, man. As I, as I said, the, the show, while I did enjoy the show overall, thanks in part by the final three matches, it's how you leave them, folks. And, I, mm. I, and they left me <clears> feeling pretty good. It doesn't set up a lot for SmackDown. Like, I'm not, I don't, there's no incentive for me to tune in for SmackDown on Tuesday. Yeah. Other than to see, what are you doing next? Um, well, the final match, because we've already done Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey. Which was awesome. Was the men's Money in the Bank match, which for me was the best thing of the show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... I mean, I get the finish is... So Braun Strowman won, and it's a bit like, ooh, you've you've really won the company now. <clears throat> I don't really see where you can go from here. Remember like, last week's video, which was like, are they booking Braun Strowman too strong? Mm. Like, here, seven men like couldn't beat him. Well, the idea was, on the go-home, three men ganged up on Braun, and they couldn't defeat him so i thought okay it'll take seven men in money in the bank that's that's good right Te seven top wwe wrestlers and they can take out braun and that's how you get around him not winning that's a, that protects him fine but he didn't do that he they all ganged up on him attacked him with ladders and he still beat all of them up really and won the brief the beefcase yeah so i don't it's like, where do you go with Nakamura? Where do you go with Big Cass? The opposite is where do you go with Strowman? Because he's won too much now. And the other thing as well is that I, 
I, I said on the previous show, someone quoted me from the previous show, and I laughed hysterically when I read it back. Because apparently, when my wife predicted that Braun Strowman was going to win, my exact words were, there's no way in hell Braun Strowman is winning this match. You know, what an absolute idiot I am. It's amazing people watch on this a prediction show. show. On a prediction you show. said something <laughs> so adamantly. So adamantly. What an idiot. But regardless, I think my whole thing about, like, Braun doesn't need to win is because Braun doesn't need the the beefcase. Like mm. Braun doesn't need a beefcase to make him seem like a you know I'm now a main eventer. I need this in order to get a title shot because Braun already has a legitimate gripe against um, Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. It was said they have unfinished business. So when Lesnar came back, it's almost like well Braun was going to get a title match anyway. Like Braun didn't need the beefcase to be able to get that title match, but someone like a Samoa Joe, someone like The Miz, someone like even like a a, a Balor or an Owens or someone like that, who needed the the beefcase in order to be able to get into that title picture, like that they could have used that. But like Braun didn't need it. Like what I, are you going to do with it? I really found myself rooting for rooting for Kofi. Yeah, in there, the, the most underwhelming choice for the the new day. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's Kofi. He's a bit of a legend by this point, so I didn't. Yeah. Mind it. I, uh, I, I really. I know, he was great in the match, and I really was like, it'd been really nice to see him win. But there was a really great moment at the start. So New Day came. All three of them came out, and it looked like it was going to be Big E. And then he stopped, and then it was Wood stepped up, and I went, yes, Xavier Woods. He Wood. ripped off his top. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Xavier Woods. And he ripped off his top, and he'd written Kofi on his chest, and they announced Kofi. And Michael Cole was like, yes, Kofi, what a Money in the Bank legend. He now ties Kane for the most Money in the Bank entrance, like entries at seven. And Corey Graves perfectly pointed out, I was like, how many has he won? Mm. And Cole went, well, none. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm the New Day, I'm like, why'd you pick Kofi? He hasn't won any of these things experience <laughs> bad experience going back to what Braun can do with the briefcase yes. I think it's quite clear and it's interesting how both Money in the Bank winners are tying into the top title feuds relatively quickly so Bliss obviously only won to protect Ronda and the Nia thing and I think Braun Strowman has won here to make SummerSlam not horrible <laughs> because it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns wasn't there a report that Lesnar's not at SummerSlam um it's not been confirmed okay that's but it it's expected but it's not been confirmed which is weird by this point yeah uh, is what Meltzer wrote so it looks like it's gonna be Lesnar versus Reigns and then I assume Reigns wins I mean how many times have we said that Lesnar goes off to UFC how many times have we said that and then I imagine Strowman would cash in on Reigns or cash in on Lesnar at the end of that match, Seth Rollins style, and Strowman is your new champion to say, end yeah. SummerSlam. I was going to say, like, Strowman has to cash in on Lesnar because that's his whole deal is I want to cash this in on Lesnar. Mm. I mean, I'd almost prefer it. Do you know what I would really like is that Strowman on tonight's Raw says, I'm cashing in this money in the bank for a match at SummerSlam. So he doesn't do it. Like, they haven't done that. I think Cena was the last person to have done this, where it's like, I want a match on this date. Yeah. That's great. Like, and that that's absolutely fine with me because like Braun doesn't seem like the sort of person that needs to do like the surprise cash in mm. because like seven men can't beat him. So like I think they would be better if he just says, I want to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and then Roman can come over like I'm the uncrowned Universal Champion Big Dog and you can build a feud off the back of that later on down the line. I was gonna say Braun does have some great money in the bank announcement music 
you know, your heart, you're at the end of the match. <laughs> and he's there with the briefcase. I can see it. I can hear it. Uh, the actual match itself, though, was really, really fun. It was my personal favourite match of the show. It was all based around everyone ganging up on Braun. They kind of piled ladders on top of him. But then at the end, he came back. And Zombie he, Braun, like yeah, rose from the dead. Destroyed everyone, particularly Kevin Owens, who was thrown off a very large ladder at the top of the stage through the technical area the superstructure no it was, i think it was the technical area there were lamps and S- laptops some tables with a blanket over them and, <laughs> and uh, a cushion. i uh, elsewhere i thought joe looked the best he i was going to say he was my shining star of this match joe throughout every spot that he had excuse me throughout every spot that he had he looked dangerous yeah like there was never a point where you, you, it's almost like you're like where's joe now because he was always around the ring. He was always in the right place at the right time. And what I particularly loved about Samoa Joe, and he was the only person that did this, he never showed any fear against Braun. Like any, he was just like, I'm just going to jump at you now. And he, was yeah. just, and he was just awesome. He is one of the best things in WWE, hands down. And he was just a shining star in this match. Everything he did was awesome. And he was the most credible guy against Braun because he wasn't just not showing fear. He was occasionally getting the better of him. He had him in the Kikina clutch. Yeah. And it's a shame that Joe's on SmackDown because that would be a good feud for Braun to... A money feud, I think, for Braun to now enter into. But the, Joe's on SmackDown. Brock's not around. Well, I wonder if this is going to put Joe <laughs> now into the championship picture with AJ. I hope so. so. On, on SmackDown really, this week, I really hope so. Joe just chokes out AJ and just says, like, I was the most dominating force in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Mm. I should be the next number one contender. And so, yeah, I could d- certainly see them going with an AJ-Joe program coming off the back of this. Just some other so. other fun spots. Coup de gras off a big ladder from Finn Balor Ooh, to the duper, inside. A big old ladder, yeah. Uh, there was a double accolade, an attempted triple accolade yeah. from Rusev that was you, good. It's not an accolade. It's a stackolade. Oh, nice. Um, uh Braun Strowman kicked another ladder in two. <laughs> no. That was almost... Oh, no, it was better than kicking. So Braun did his zombie rise from the dead, and then he like beat up Joe, and he beat up Rusev because they were trying to help Kevin Owens put Braun through the table. Joe had my favourite line when he said, Owens, get your ass up there! So great, directing traffic, awesome. So Braun fights off all these people, and then he charges to the ring. He knocks out Kofi Kingston, and then Balor and Rude have got this ladder. And they're like, gonna, we're going to take him out like you do. And they go to charge towards him. Braun just charges through it. And it just snaps in half like a biscuit. And Miz is in the ring doing this. Uh-oh. <laughs> because, because Miz is the only one left. He's halfway up the ladder. Halfway up the ladder. He's the only one left. And he's like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so... He ran through it like it was ticker tape. It was so funny. Um, but last bit from me. Uh, how many times did you forget Bobby Lashley was in the match? Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode was in the match, even when he was on screen. <laughs> I I I thought that he had his moments, not many of them, but like he, I think he nearly hit the DDT on Braun. I think if Samoa Joe's my standout, Braun Strowman aside, uh, Bobby Roode would be my what sit down. <laughs> What's the opposite to a standout? Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's just in the shadow. Yeah, he didn't really have a lot to do in the match, and um, Miz had like a couple of good spots as well. And I did also like when uh, Braun was climbing the ladder, and Kofi Kingston did a springboard onto Braun's back, 
and then tried to climb the trying to climb up Braun to get the to get the uh, the the briefcase the briefcase to apologize. But Strowman still climbed up with Kofi on his yeah. back. Very impressive. Some re- I thought there were some really good spots in this. I'm I'm surprised that it's your favorite thing of the whole night. Um, for me, it was the AJ Nakamura match um, followed by the Rousey Nia Jax match, oh, okay. and then this. But I really did enjoy this. I thought this was terrific. And as I said, like it's it's how you leave them, folks. And the final three matches of this and the, the Alexa Bliss cash in saved this show for me because I was as I was furious after the first match and then the furious. and then the show did nothing to appease my uh, uh, how pissed off I was so not even, not even a decent cup of tea what would you give it overall I gave it a low average I think that's fair enough I think I would have gone with an, an average I think we also need to come up with a new pay-per-view rating system because of the because mm. it's the best of both worlds now yeah um, seems unfair it seems like you're just always stacking things in favour of Raw because that's the show you do it's the A show man <laughs> not when it goes to Fox mate yeah and then, and then Rousey and Roman go across and that then becomes the A show in Smackdown Live and uh, Road Dog starts writing Raw <laughs> oh, Road Dog why do you ruin everything that's but, all. Are you gonna? I'm just gonna do my throws out. Well, I, yeah, I haven't told you what I was giving. Oh, sorry, did I not? <laughs> Three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah, solid. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.